Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. I'm Diane Knox and Steve Elkington is here. We're talking about, well, it's the John Deere Classic, the week before the Open Championship, Elk, and I guess the final chance that somebody has to qualify to play in the Open over in England next week. Yeah, it's that kind of the time of the year, Diane. This course, TPC Deer Run, is very synonymous with sort of first-timers, guys that are trying to get a foot up on the tour. But there's also some guys that are finally, to, you know, lastly getting a chance to tune up their game before they go across. And this year, you know, this week, Diane, the Scottish Open is in your backyard from uh, before they move over to England for the Open Championship. So with all the COVID um, all the big guns aren't there aren't at this course this week, but there's a big opportunity, as we say, whenever the guys are, you know, the big guys are not around, there's an opportunity for someone to step up. And we saw that last week with Cam Davis winning the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. I mean, someone like Cameron Davis, he's been on our radar for a long time and he would be very hot and cold. But, you know, for him to to drive up that leaderboard and to get that victory for him, I mean, it's such an amazing moment when these guys do get their first win. And last year it was Dylan Fratelli who got his debut win in Quad Cities. Yeah, but we've been watching uh, Cam Davis from Australia for years. I mean, the kid can literally drop the club and pick up a left-handed club and swing almost identical. Uh, he's kind of been a prodigy for Australia for years, and he's just sort of been sitting there. There's a couple of names on our list this week that have also just been sitting there, and when are they going to emerge? We kind of missed Cam Davis last week just from because we've been on him so much, but uh, it was great to see him win. I mean, it didn't look like he was going to get it done with the putter in the end, Diane. He was hitting the ball unreal in the playoff. He's hitting all these shots. Troy Merritt made one crucial mistake. What was it? The sixth playoff hole. And uh, Cam Davis took away the trophy. That's back-to-back weeks that we've had epic playoffs on the PGA Tour. I love it. Long may that continue. But... 
Well, this week, there's quite a few guys in the field who are in the field for the Open Championship as well, Cam Davis being one of them. Um, there's a charter flight leaving Quad Cities on Sunday night to get the guys to England. That's going to be a bit of an adjustment. But as we go through our list, you'll really see that. And even our number one guy is in the field and he's using this as his warm up. So, Elk, let's talk a little bit about the course then, TBC Deer Run. Um, what kind of stats are we really going to be looking at for the guys and our re-ranking this week? Well, this course was built by D.A. Wybring, a contemporary of mine that uh, was from Illinois, and he built this awesome golf course right on the side of the river. And, you know, the the, the cool part about D TPC Deer Run is from about 15, 16, 17, 18, anything can happen, and these holes zigzag one another. They're lined up back and forth, so the crowd can literally just see every all the action all the way in. That one there behind you, 18, of course, comes in there with that water on the left. We saw Jordan Spieth hole, uh, a bunker shot from the right side to get his career started. But when I think about this course, Diane, I think about Paul Goidos, who shot 59 here in 2010. I was playing that day, and I was somewhere over here walking up the first hole when he was putting out on 18, and I was standing there watching it to see if he would do it and just shaking my head and thinking, how in the world can anyone shoot 59 on this course, which brings me to how we handicap it. I mean, Paul Goidos is just a sort of a plotter. He hits it straight down the middle, knocks it up on the green and gets hot with the putter occasionally. So, you know, it doesn't, the, the tournament history of this event, Diane, doesn't really show massive bombers off the tee. This is a sort of a, a little bit like last week, you've got to hit it pretty straight. You've got to hit greens. You've got to make putts. So our board is, Clogged up this week, Diane, with two kinds of players. One, guys that have been hot at different times during the year, and this would make a year that they will remember, you know, unreal. And then we've got these up-and-comers that are just trying to keep their tourist status but are starting to get hot. And the other thing that we've really been looking at over the past couple of weeks is that FedEx Cup ranking, because we know that we only have a couple of weeks left before those playoffs begin. And right now, the golden number is 125. So the guys that are in the 125, they have their tour cards locked up and guaranteed for next season. So we have quite a few guys as well that are just on the cusp that they really need something good to happen so they can solidify their place in that playoff zone. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure. Um, I was talking to Pat Perez after the round last week. He probably solidified his spot for next season. He uh, the magic number is about 400 FedEx Cup points. And for those that don't really understand what the FedEx Cup points mean, is you know, in the old days we would have a guy or someone would come over to our tour and finish first or second in an event, win 500 grand, and they were set for next year. Well, now in this system, that would only get them 100 points. You need about 400 points to keep your playing privileges on the PGA Tour, Diane. So it rewards guys that play decent all year long. So, yes, there's a bunch of pressure on a bunch of guys this week, and we're looking at them all very close. So which one can we jump on and ride to the, to the finish line with them? Exactly. Talking of that, and we are going to dive into this guy a little bit more, but I have definitely been on one guy for the past two weeks. And I mean, it's been going well. You and Jay made fun of me a little bit, but we'll get on. Mostly, we'll talk Jay. About 
I know, mostly Jay. Yeah, you're right. So what we're going to do today then is we're going to give you our re-ranked top 10. Then we have some sizzlers and some dark horse picks. As we said, a lot of those kind of emerging names who have really been there or thereabouts. This could be a great opportunity week for them. So some high value picks this week for the John Deere Classic. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app and play four ball. It's a classic stroke play competition based on the aggregate scores of four players. Who makes your team? Well, pick four guys, one from each tier based on the current World Golf Rankings. Want a tip? You need four guys to make the cut. Get in the game on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app, available on iOS in the App Store. Well, this week on the PGA Tour, it's the John Deere Classic at TPC Deer Run. Quad Cities Elk, and well, as we were saying at the start, there's that charter flight heading to England on Sunday night, taking some of the guys over to the Open Championship. Now, a lot of the guys we're gonna talk about today are in the field. Um, you know, of course, we're still waiting for the winner who's then gonna get their place in the Open. How much is that a driving factor this week for one of these guys who doesn't have their place in the final major of the year? It's hard to tell. Uh, honestly, Diane, because of COVID and the way England and the and all of Europe has been locked down, so and the way they put a bunch of restrictions on the players going over there, so we don't know how excited they are to get over there. But mostly the focus is on, you know, this week for these players trying to get their tour cards. I mean, there's some guys we're going to talk about that are already in. Um, yes, would a, would an Open Championship be? Yes, it would. Um, I actually think now that you're talking about it, this may be the way to go with all the restrictions they have. Play this tournament, jump on the plane, go over and just land and keep going. That could be the best way to get prepared for next week. Yeah, a lot of the big names are over in Scotland playing in the Scottish Open this week. I read last night that it's the, the best field they've ever had playing the Scottish Open. So a lot of people obviously were thinking, let's get over there. Let's, you know, kind of get accustomed to the way that things are going to be with the regulations. Of course, they're different even between Scotland and England. So... It's crazy. We're going to have to wait and see what the Open looks like next week. But anyway, our first guy in our re-ranked top 10, he is definitely playing next week. He locked up that nice and early on. He got a win at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am and definitely using the John Deere as a warm-up, a tune-up for that because the last time we saw him play was the US Open at Torrey Pines. Elk Daniel Berger ended up finishing seventh at Torrey eh, last month. So we have him as our number one pick this week. Yeah, Berger is definitely the best player in this field uh, from form, from uh, everything, Diane. He's a great striker of the ball. Uh, he has been a little bit hot and cold, but when he does get hot, wow. I mean, wins up there in majors, just everything about Berger's game, as you know, I love. He hits down on the ball very hard. Hits a great iron player. You're going to have to get a lot of looks here. I mean, the tournament record here is 27 under, 59 by Paul Goitis. I mean, normally speaking, four or five under per day. Par fives are reachable. Lots of opportunities. 17 is a, a on and two par five that can change the complexion of this tournament changed the cut at any moment yeah. so yes Daniel Berger is a long hitter great player top of the field this week as you say you know out of everyone he's got amazing form he hasn't played that much either I mean his his year definitely has been up and down but last time we saw him play was at the US Open at Torrey 
The strength of his game, when you look at his stats right now, is on the greens. Um, putting average, 20th on the PGA Tour. Birdie average, he's 7th. So th that seems to be the thing that got him the win at Pebble Beach as well. Yeah, and I, when I talk to my players, Diane, they talk to me a lot about things like, you know, I had 15 looks inside of 15 feet this week and only made two. Or I had... 20 looks this week inside of 20 feet and only made one. And when you start to think about birdie conversion, Daniel Berger, good putter, you know, they're up there at 25%, 30%. They get 15 looks, they're going to make five of them, you know, or whatever it is. And, and that's what separates them on the green. So the amount of looks you get, how good you can stroke it, how good you can read these greens, what experience do you have on this golf course, how your year is going, these all play in. I actually said at the start as well that um, Dylan Fratelli won last year. Of course, last year this tournament was cancelled because of COVID. So it was 2019 and this being a course that we that we didn't see last year at all. So it's definitely a good thing to have it back. I say that because in 2019, our number two pick finished second. So this is clearly a course that he likes. And we've seen some excellent form from Russell Henley over the past few weeks. Elk, um, the thing with Henley has been the Sunday and he has had chances to win. And Sunday has been terrible for him. Even the US Open at Torrey Pines, he collapsed on Sunday. He's ended up finishing 19th, 13th in his last couple of starts. So we think Russell Henley, I mean, we're seeing some amazing play from him and the greens and reg proximity stats are incredible. This could be the perfect tournament for him to finally get that, that we know he's won before on tour, but to get another one. Yeah, Henley went through a lot. Everyone really started to learn about Henley at the U.S. Open this year at Torrey Pines, where he held the lead Thursday, Friday, Saturday, fell away a little bit on Sunday. Uh, you know, good-looking player, uh, you know, does everything pretty well. But uh, he's been through a lot this summer, Diane, a lot of pressure. And I'm not, I would not be surprised if he gets up here and gets that motor running again, and then he's not going to be affected because he's been through so much heat. Uh -huh. I'm sort of banking this week on Henley getting going and then just, you know, just keep the hammer down. Yeah, and the the US Open at Tony Pines is difficult and it was super challenging for so many. And as you say, he held that place at the top of the leaderboard Thursday, Friday and Saturday. The, the final day pressure is such a real thing. And, you know, it's not like he's an, inex an inexperienced player you do see how it can really affect the, the veterans on tour. I think of Louis Eustazen even, but you know, Henley kind of falls into that bracket where he's closed out. He's won before and Sunday can be hard. Well, we saw not only Louis, we saw DeJambeau, we saw Rory, we saw all the guns fall away on Sunday at Tory and, and John Rahm, you know, won the tournament, <clears throat> but that's kind of the way it's designed actually for the, the U S open is uh, it's built that way, Diane, but this is a different week. This is going to be a scoring week. This is going to be, uh, if you're at, uh, let's see, if you're at, let's say, 15 under coming down the back nine, you're going to have to get to 20 almost. This back nine is going to uh, torch up on Sunday. Beautiful finishing holes. 16, a beautiful little par three along the river. And then bang, bang, 17, back and forth. <clears throat> the pork chops smell. I can smell it from here, Diane. <laughs> famous for pork chops. The pork chop sandwich, a famous pork chop in a half a rolled over piece of white bread, Diane, you would love it. 
I would love that. You know I like my food. And, uh, you know, we saw it last week at the Rocket Mortgage as well. It's one of the best things about these tournaments is you can have a guy make a tremendous run on Sunday and work his way up that leaderboard. I think of Patton Kazire after shooting 64 on Sunday. And that's what can happen on a Sunday on these type of courses as well. You know, you're going to see a birdie fest from at least someone. This course is in mint condition. I've been seeing some posts of, uh, from, from the website themselves. Um, they've had beautiful weather up there. This is, this is a tremendous golf course. Players love it. I talked to uh, Davis Love. I read a piece that he was talking to D.A. Wyvern. Should we add a few more tees? He said, no, we love coming here. We like to shoot it out at this course. It's so plush. John Deere does such a great job. They're a great sponsor. They let all the players go out and dig holes with their big tractors during the week. This is a very unique event that people love. All right. Do they do they get a tractor if they win along with the trophy? I think they do get some I think sort they of get a little ride on. <laughs> okay. Well, coming in at number three is the winner from that playoff in Detroit last week, Cameron Davis. We we talked about him earlier in that he has been on our radar for the season and we have seen some great play from him, but of late you know, he kind of came out of nowhere for the Rocket Mortgage. Elk, what did you see in Cam's swing in his game that got him that victory in Detroit? Very calm. Um, you know, he's got a great swing. I mean, he's, he's been known for his swing coming out of Australia for years. Uh, you know, very orthodox, hits the ball very straight. Um, he just kind of wore out Troy Merritt in the playoff. He didn't make a putt. He had all kind of chances to do it. But in the end, he just sort of played safe and didn't really do anything with the putter. But he he did it. He got away with it all. And, you know, when, I, when you look at him and why is he at four this week, it's just going to carry over. I mean, his confidence now is off the charts. He's way up there on the FedEx Cup. He's got Masters. He's got everything to look forward to. His brain will be spinning. But when it gets back out to this course this week, he's going to be on autopilot. We always talk about, you know, do you not think when you play golf or do you think or are you working on your swing? Well, Cam Davis is not thinking about anything. All he's doing is looking at the fairway and the flag. Yeah, well, he's probably thinking about the money that he won last week and having that trophy, that would be nice. And, of course, playing the Open Championship next week as well. So we have Cam Davis at number three. He's 28 to one this week. Russell Henley, by the way, 20 to one and Daniel Berger at number one. No surprise, he is nine to one. Coming in at number four, somebody whose game we know extremely well because he's one of our Secret Golf contributors. He won this tournament in 2014. Now, it's been a long time since we've seen a victory from Brian Harmon. However, we see outstanding play from him week after week. Last time we saw him play was at the Travelers Championship where he finished in a tie for fifth. So Elk Harmon perfectly falls into the category of guys who have been playing well all season and it's hopefully building up to that win. Well, if Harmon would add a win this week to what he's been doing this year, it would go down as one of the a super year for Brian Harmon. What is he on FedEx currently, Diane, Brian he's Harmon? He's 35th. On yeah, so... Hardly anyone even knows how good a year he's having, but, you know, he had a triple bogey the last round of the U.S. Open. Otherwise, he would have been in the conversation on Sunday. But Harmon's just one of these guys. He knows how to play. He's, you know, a great putter. I think he's number one on the PGA Tour for conversions inside of 10 feet. Think about that, Diane. Think about being the best putter inside of 10 feet in the planet, under pressure, in tournaments. 
So Hyman knows that, of course. And he this course he loves, he knows it, he's won here. Perfect. He's had five top 10 finishes this year. And uh, I kind of forgot about the fact he finished in a tie for third at the Players' Championship. I talked about that tie for fifth at the Travellers. And the WGC match play finished in a tie for fifth. He's made just shy of $3 million this season. I mean, it's unbelievable. And... I mean, you talk about that stat. I always look at the the putting because you know he's one of those guys when you see him on the green that he can do incredible things. His scrambling, he's sixth on the tour. Putting average comes in at 13th. But, you know, even accuracy, he's 35th. His numbers are great across the board. Yeah, he may be the favorite, actually, thinking now that I'm looking at and hearing what you're saying there, Diane, and he's number one in conversions on the greens. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. And I love that. You know, not everyone's out there waving at everybody on every hole. Uh, Brian Harmon is a competitor and would not surprise me at all, Diane, for him to knock off this tournament. Mm -hmm. Okay then. So Brian Harmon at 16 to 1 comes in at number 4. And then at number 5, it's the one that I've been waiting for. I can't believe we get to talk about this guy at number 5. He has been my dark horse pick for the past two weeks. I think we got him at 150 to 1 and then 125 to 1. And he's had back-to-back top five finishes, just coming off a fourth-place finish at the Rocket Mortgage. And it's no surprise his odds have been slashed to 60 to 1. Hank Levioda is our number five pick this week. (laughs) Back-to-back left-handers we're talking about. No, right? You've been on this guy, Diane, for a couple of weeks and he has been doing it. And I was interested to watch him play on Sunday on TV, get to know more about him. Great athlete. He was batting 400 when he went to college in baseball. So, yeah, he's just one of these big, strong kids. And, you know, you never know when, you know, a, a tour player's career starts to take off. And, of course, you were on it. You were watching it. So we are going to ride this horse <laughs> another week <laughs> Diane well no he's earned it look I told you at the top we've got two kind of players here people that have been playing good all year and guys that are hot and this this one is red hot he really is and you know we talk about the importance of that position in the FedEx Cup standings right now he's jumped up to 94th so two back-to-back top five finishes you know he's now thinking that his position is going to be pretty safe in the top 70 I mean we know that these guys have these playoff goals and he's not far off it now he's got his card completely locked up for next year and at 60 to 1 there's no way that we're backing off Hank Levioda now (laughs) he's looking for more he's looking to hold that trophy this week Diane fifth fifth first would be a great summer run I wanted to tell you a little story. When I first went to this tournament, it was about 1986, and it was like a Tuesday night. We used to, the players had a barbecue down on this river, and we had a long drive contest to try to carry the ball across the river. And I think only one guy got it across the river. I don't know how many yards it was, probably 280 back in 86, but I think it was uh, Dan Paul got across, but now these guys probably hit it across with a long iron. But, but, We go way back on this tournament. What a great place to go this time of year. I know. And of course, the tournament was cancelled last year because of COVID. So Dylan Fratelli is the defending champion from 2019. 
and yeah it's good to see it back in the rotation as you say the guys love coming here and it's an exciting time of the season as well right we're moving on to our number six and again someone whose game we know really well Patton Kazire is our number six pick now we talk about streaky players on the PGA Tour you know Patton does fall into that category sometimes we see him I mean especially on the greens it's like he cannot miss the hole is the size of a basketball hoop but then other times we do see Patton struggle it's kind of all or nothing with him um, coming off the back of two missed cuts then he went super low on Sunday at the Rocket Mortgage to finish in a tie for 25th in the end of course everyone was going low on Sunday but Patton Kazire this could be an incredible opportunity for him this week I was texting with him again on Sunday after he shot his 64. That's the fourth time this year that he has shot super low on Sunday. He completely wiped out Texas. He did it at Dallas. He did it at San Antonio. He did it at Colonial. And then he did it last week. And I said, something big is going to happen to you this season. I feel it coming. And he agrees. So watch out for this guy, Diane, because as we know, when Patton gets it going on the greens, it's unreal. I just think that... It takes a, it does take a certain kind of player to be able to shoot super, super low on Sunday. I mean, we know ourselves when, you know, when you get going, can you keep just go? And Patton's that kind of guy that can do that. He just kind of zones out or zones in, either way you want to put it. But I think he could put together a special week, Diane. He's obviously red hot right now. And this is a, this is a green putting friendly tournament. Off the tee seems to be the problem for Patton and just keeping the ball in the fairway. How important is it going to be to avoid the rough this week? It's this course, you know, I don't know how much rough there is, but it, of course, whenever you're in the rough, you can't do what you want. You know, you can't get the ball on the green to get the chances you want. Mm -hmm. So you finish up having to hold your score and not being able to attack. This course is great because it's undulating and these greens are got little edges out where they put the pins in the corner. So it stops the guys that are driving in the rough from getting into the corners and it rewards the people that are in play. But yes, Patton, because I, isn't it true, Diane, that guys that are, you know, all, you know, if they're putting, they don't even think about their putting, but when they, he changes his swing or changes his move to get it in the fairway more, but just get it in the fairway, Patton. <laughs> just get it on the green and we know that he's a bit of a magician. Second on the PGA Tour in putting average, 20th in birdie average, but then 162nd in that accuracy. So it's uh, we can see you can see the part of his game that he just needs to get it all to click. And, you know, a big opportunity. Week 51st in the FedEx Cup ranking. So Patton's in an amazing position as we hurtle towards the playoffs. Coming in at number seven, well, an Illinois native and again, a lot of consistent play from Kevin Streelman. We had picked him as one of our top guys for the Travelers Championship at TBC River Highlands, which is no surprise because it's a course that he loves and always plays well at. He's a past winner there. Coming off a miscut, but Kevin Streelman at number seven, 25 to one this week. So we're definitely not the only ones on this one. Yeah, I'm... Big on Streelman this week, Diane. I'm going to tell you why. I'm, I'm very close friends with his caddy. Uh, again, he's been in a lot of pressure this summer. He was right there at, at Kiowa that Phil won. He was right there at the U.S. Open that Ram won. He's been in a lot of pressure. 
hit a lot of good shots, had a lot of good scores. And I just think he's just waiting for an opportunity to get going. And all that form is just going to flow out of him. And Strillman is, you know, he's a big time player. And uh, this is an opportunity to really put a ribbon right around an awesome season. Yeah. And he's had three top tens at this tournament before as well. So let's keep that good momentum going. At number eight. Oh, well, I know you're going to be very excited about this pick. He is 90 to one. Coming off a 14th place finish in Detroit last week, which was massive for him. It's jumped him up to 107 in the FedEx Cup standings. We are talking about the one and only Pat Perez. You know, Pat, it's, it's funny, you know, the guy's from California, lives in Arizona, got long hair, listens to heavy metal. But you know what one of his favorite weeks on the whole tour is? This one. <laughs> he loves this tournament. Why does he love it? He goes to a place called Duck City Diner every night and has the same meal, a big pork chop, red <laughs> wine, and he just loves this week. And Perez has been under a lot of pressure. I've been, I talk to him almost every day. He, every single thing this year for him has been tough. He's played more golf than anyone on the whole PGA Tour trying to keep his status. He's got a little baby girl. He's got another boy on the way. It's just been like one thing after another. And last week, he finally did it. He pretty much, he's over 400 points on the FedEx Cup. So what happens? He goes to a place he loves. He's going to be in a good frame of mind. He's changed coaches. Oh, and he, Fixed one thing in his swing last week that he's really excited about. So motivated, going to a place he likes, and the pressure is off him a little bit. Yeah. And um, I follow his wife, Ashley, on Instagram. I've said this before. She's one of the most entertaining people to follow ever because their their life is just like, they can make a reality TV show about their crazy life. But she's just been doing up their yard at their house in Arizona. So I'm sure she could make use of the tractor. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to that yard. I mean, that would be dangerous to see Pat on a tractor on that piece of ground. But hey. He'd, put, he'd probably put some spoke wheels on it and a, and a, and a stereo system and off he'd go. Pat's 90 to 1. I mean, I said that when we introduced him, but those odds are really good for Pat this week with the, the coach change and the swing change. However minor that may be, it paid off right away. And I think that's so big when handicapping. And that's a little nugget of information that you have. So we're going to be using that. Coming in at number nine, Sung J.M. I feel like um, it's been a little bit quiet around Sung J.M., but his numbers are fantastic. He's just coming off an eighth place finish. He has very, very consistent form, as always. He loves to play week after week. He's 14 to one this week, and we've got him at number nine. We all see Sung J.M. take that super low backswing, set the club at the top of his swing, and then boom, and it, almost every time it's going right where, he, right where he wants it to go. And, you know, Again, here's a guy that's having a really a decent year, but we just don't hear much of him. But this is what they're looking for this week, Diane. Is Sanjay in the Open Championship next week? He is. He is. So he'll yeah. be catching that uh, flight. Yeah, so this is perfect. You know, it's just he's one of the best players in this field. He's deserved the right to be right where he is in this top 10. But, yeah, nothing would surprise me about this kid. It's all about the putter for him. We see him time and time again on TV, just missing left, just, you know, whatever. But... 
great, one of the, probably the best striker of the ball in this field. So Sungjae, man number nine, and then completing our top 10 is a guy who has had a lot of success here. He's won this tournament and three runner-up finishes for Zach Johnson. Yeah, you remember when we used to all think about biorhythms and what, what about one of our biorhythms are lining up for us this week? Well, Zach Johnson's an open champion, Diane, and he's a John Deere champion as well. And I think he's been runner up about four times as well. This is the prodigal son returns home. Zach Johnson is from this part of the country. He is the face of this event. He's brought so many good players up here, Spieth and all these players to get their careers going. Diane, he's got as good a chance as anyone. When I think of Paul Goydos shooting 59 on this golf course, Zach Johnson plays it almost as good. So yeah, he absolutely has a shot this week. Another one who's a veteran on the PGA Tour and has a tremendous upsurge in form. I mean, he has been playing great for really, a, you know, most of this year. I think about the Players' Championship, about the Masters. I mean, he he's just one of these guys that you can never rule him out, especially when he has such great history on a course like TBC Deer Run. Yeah, no, he, he knows this course, Diane. He knows every putt. He knows what to do off every hole. He's not a long hitter, so he doesn't, you know, he's not all over the place. This is perfect setup for him. Okay, great. And we have him at 50 to 1. So that is our full top 10 this week. Daniel Berger, Russell Henley, Cam Davis, Brian Harmon, Hank Levioda, Patton Kazire, Kevin Streelman, Pat Perez, Sanjay M, and Zach Johnson. I think that's a very solid top 10 when looking at the field this week. And as we keep saying, the week before the Open Championship. We're on to our sizzler picks for the John Deere Classic this week on the PGA Tour. We've gone through our re-ranked top 10. We have a lot of great picks in there this week. And now we're on to the sizzlers. Now, these are guys that made jumps up in our re-ranking for many reasons. And, well, the first guy is sitting at number 12 when we did the re-ranking. So just missing out on that top 10. Maverick McNeely at 45 to 1. We've been on Maverick for a little while now we picked him as a sizzler on a dark horse just a couple of weeks ago and he ended up finishing well you know he's had a lot of top 20 finishes kind of there or thereabouts but this could be a great week for him to make that step up Maverick McNeely we've been talking about him as you've noted there Diane he almost does it every week he, maybe it's nine holes maybe it's five holes maybe it's three holes I don't know that but he does and he's looking to put four rounds together. And I'm going to keep going with this because this kid is so solid. I mean, he was one of the, the, the best college players of all time. He's seen a lot of his friends all around him that are winning, and he's not, and he's close. And I'm telling you, Diane, this is as close as a player you'll ever see to emerge. Okay. Um, and that 21 coming at uh, in Detroit last week for the Rocket Mortgage his numbers are good when we look at all the numbers combined and rank them along with his form. He's coming in at fifth right now. So that jumped him up massively. What would you say is the strength of Maverick's game if you had to pick just one? Well, he's a very sort of a straight hitter. Very, you know, he's a very orthodox player and not, you know, he's got good power, good putter. Uh, you know, when I, think of, when I think of McNeely, Diane, I think just solid and the only thing that 
separating him from the winner's circle is just right here, right up here in the head. And it's going to be, like I said, he's, I saw him on TV in Colonial. I saw him in Dallas. I saw him at Players. I, you know, he's just below the heat is what we call it. Right. So Maverick McNeely is our first sizzler. Uh, coming in at number two is the guy who almost got it done at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Troy Merritt had kind of come out of nowhere a little bit. And um, we saw him as he was leading on Saturday card and ace, which was amazing to watch. It's not often that you see the leader of a tournament go out and get a hole in one. Made it to that playoff with Cam Davis, who eventually went on to win but Troy Merritt at 40 to 1 the play that we saw from him last week there's no reason why he can't take it in and take it one step further in Illinois yeah I mean what is his mindset today Troy Merritt you know he was leading the tournament last week as you noted had a hole in one in the middle of the whole weekend you know, was very quiet on Sunday to the back nine, got into the playoff, then finished up not winning the tournament. So what's left for him? He should be able to walk right back out on the golf course, go very automatic mode, just what we talked about, and just keep going. I mean, there's things to play for. There's FedEx points. There's money. There's all these things. And he 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 got a taste of it last week, Diane. This is a perfect setup. You don't think of his game as being all over the place. He's a straight hitter. When you start to think about what it takes on this golf course, it's Troy Merritt's game. And he's 62nd in the FedEx Cup ranking right now. That's an amazing number. Again, it's one of those, uh, if you were to say to me, do you think Troy Merritt is in the top 70 in the FedEx Cup standings right now? I'd probably say no. But then 62, he can really build on that number and take that form into this week. Yeah, he's a very quiet player, mm -hmm. like a Henley. Uh, just, you know, doesn't, you know, make a lot of noise with his game, but he was right there last week. And, and, you know, I don't know what his mindset will be. Did he lose it? He went for the pin on the, whatever that sixth playoff hole was, which I actually thought everybody on that little part three was hitting at 20 feet right of the hole and nobody was making a birdie. And I, I, I thought, well, somebody's going to take a shot at this pin and try to hit it two feet below the hole. And he, he went for it and I give him credit for that. And then it caught, in the end it cost him, but um, he went for that little short pin and I'm, 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 I like to think, I like to see a player do that. So all those reasons, and that's why Troy Merritt is our second sizzler at 40 to one. And then our third, well, there's certain tournaments where you just think of certain names. And when you think of the John Deere classic, this guy is definitely up there. He did the three-peat, he's won it three times and he's coming off a victory on the champions tour so we have steve stricker at 70 to 1 as our third sizzler this is a perfect spot for stricker when when i was playing on tour diane this was the guy to beat on this tournament and i'm not even sure if he's still not the guy to beat because he just came off winning the players championship senior players championship at firestone the hardest golf course on the planet and what does it take on this course? You know, we talked about Paul Goitas. We've, we've talked about Zach Johnson, how straight he hits it, knocks it on the green, knocks it in the hole. Steve Stricker at 50, whatever he is, 52 years old, still can do it on this course, Diane. They love him up there. He has energy everywhere because he's the Ryder Cup captain that's coming to Whistling Straits in a month or so. So his eyes are everywhere. He's talking to all the players. His energy level is way up. Yeah. And he is 
probably going to play great this week again. What I love about Steve Stricker is he has been playing at such a high standard for such a long time and has taken that onto the Champions Tour. Obviously, we just saw that win. He just knows his game and he knows what he can do. He plays to his strengths and his strength week after week is the putter. I mean, you watch him and it doesn't matter where he is, you just think he can't miss. So when that part of your game has been good for so long and still is, I mean, you look at somewhere where he has such great history, no wonder his name is up in the mix this week. I'd like to see a putt off between Patton Kazire and Steve Stricker for yeah. paid for paid for TV. <laughs> Those two guys are amazing. But yeah, Stricker, Stricker is unreal. The only thing that I can't do what he does, Diane, I couldn't have my wife caddy for me. That would be a disaster. So I don't know how they do it, but it works for them. I know. I see it week after week. Heavenly Westwood. And I'm like, wow, you guys have got <laughs> you've got it figured out. The good thing is when they uh, when they win the money, they, they don't have to give their caddy their own cut. They can keep all their money together. <laughs> or yeah, or the caddy gets extra cut. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. So our three sizzlers, Maverick, McNeely, Troy, Merritt and Steve Stricker. Um, Elk, I just want to ask you about one thing before we go, because, well, this week um, I wanted to ask you about Bryson's caddy situation. Oh, you know, caddies and players, you know, have breakups all the time. Obviously, there was a way more under the surface brewing than, than you know, the way it was perceived in the media, where it was, you know, no one, no one drops the bag and leaves the morning of an event. But, you know... It happens, Diane. I mean, we, I mean, the tour does a lot of turnover all the time. I mean, there's, it's just, this was a big one. And, and I think the reason it's so intriguing is that it's going to be very difficult for Bryson to find a guy that does that much work for him yeah. as Tim did, uh, because, you know, they calculate numbers, they calculate the length of the swing, how much percentage that he has a force he has to put into it. There was a lot that he was doing for him. Uh-huh. And it showed, I mean, obviously, uh, Bryson missed the cut in Detroit. He was defending champion. He's a Rocket Mortgage ambassador. He didn't talk to any of the media after the two rounds. And, you know, the, the form that we've seen from Bryson and there's been such a buildup and he's been the most talked about player on tour for such a long time. I mean, he's backed it up with his results, but it's going to be difficult for everyone, especially for him, to pick up where he left off with someone new. Yeah, but he'll have to do it. That's the nature of the tour. You know, that nothing lasts forever. I mean, I've seen great caddy player relationships blow up and then they've gotten better with someone else. I mean, it happens all the time. But this one is just a, a particularly intriguing because of all the mathematics and all that calculation <laughs> that goes with it. Uh, but you know what, Bryson, I think he'll be fine. You know, his deal is he's a little emotional. He gets a little off-sorted when people start, you know, asking questions that are outside of his, you know, mathematical box. And, but, you know, he's playing Phil Mickelson in a match this week and, and, and that they'll, everything will be fine. Yeah, exactly. All right then, Elk, thank you very much. Next week, well, we have the fourth and final major of the season, which is just crazy to think about. But the Open Championship over in England, we know there's so much going on with COVID restrictions. Weather is always such a big factor. And we will give you our tour report for that next week. Well, it's the fifth and final part of our John Deere Classic Tour Report and Jay Kaplan steps into the limelight to help us with those dark horse picks. The limelight is hot this week because I'm coming off a double cut miss 
thanks to Satoshi Kadira again having a tremendous Thursday and a terrible Friday. But I did win a bet Thursday. I I went out on a limb last week and said that he would be the highest finishing Japanese player. And all it took was <laughs> all it took was his countrymen to get COVID. So thank you, COVID. Oh goodness. Oh man, I did see that on Twitter. Somebody had obviously watched the show and they were like, congratulations, Jay. I'm like, why are you congratulating him? He didn't pick Hank Lebioda as his dark horse. <laughs> I didn't, but I did give um, Matsuyama COVID. So you're welcome. Gosh, don't say that. Okay, well, I this week not. for the John Deere Classic, we have got three dark horse picks. My puppy, can you hear him? He's been so... He's excited. I know, now he's, uh, now he's getting fired up. Maybe he's getting right. fired up over Austin Cook, who's my first dark horse pick today. Um, he needs all the fire power he can get right now, put it that way, at 123 in the FedEx Cup standings. So we keep talking about the fact that that 125 number, it's, um, its importance is ever growing. And with only a couple of weeks left, um, Austin Cook has to really do something to try and get within that bracket. Now his form of late has not been great. Since February, he's only made two cuts. So I'm desperately going out on a limb here, but, and here are my reasons. First of all, when we looked at all the stats and did our re-ranking, he made a huge jump up to number 11 in our re-ranking. And obviously we have our top 10. So just outside of the top 10 on stats alone. Now, as I say, there's no form. There's not really a lot of momentum. And um, what I'm really dining out on is the fact that in 2019, the last time this event was played in the first round, he opened with a 66. <laughs> So that's, wow. that's that straw that we're clutching at. I was between a few different guys, and the reason I picked Austin Cook is he's 225 to 1. So the, the last two showings of this tournament, he's made the cut and he's finished kind of middle of the pack. So there, there's value, hopefully, in making his third cut since February. So Austin Cook is my dark horse pick. I'm, as I talk, I'm trying to really justify it. But his, his yeah. numbers, his stats are not bad. No, it's, they're not. I, I, I can feel you just kind of grasping, right? It's straws with Austin Cook. And I don't fault you for any of that. We rely on our algorithm and our chart. And a lot of times the way we look at this, or at least I do, is it's just another week. It doesn't matter what happened last week. It doesn't is what's coming up. But what does matter is what the algorithm says or our chart says. And Austin Cook was up there. And, you know, I think it's actually sound logic to use the chart. I'm not sure what's wrong with this dude because that's a lot of cuts. He's made two cuts since February. That's tough. And what month are we in? July. Yeah, so he's either going to get it going or he's going to chalk this season up to a disaster, right? Well, he's got to get it going to get a couple more FedEx Cup points. So right, right. something has to happen. So, so, anyway. so he's motivated. So I took a little bit out of your playbook this week after licking my wounds last week and missing the cut with both of my picks. And I'm going to go with some journeymen. Um, I've used this first guy before. And he's had a pretty consistent year. And then I looked down, he's at 175 on the FedEx Cup list. And I was like, 
maybe he hasn't had a very good year. Why am I picking this guy? Well, here's why. Two top tens out of his last three events. He's actually that horse, that dark horse that's been trailing the entire race. But here he comes up on the outside. And I feel like if he's ever going to make a huge quantum leap forward with FedEx points, Moline and John Deere Classic is the place to do that because it's just an under the radar event. And it's a match made in heaven for a journeyman like this. And I do like his numbers. Vegas has him at 160 to 1 which is right in our wheelhouse. We love that. He's a guy who's in his mid-40s. He, he knows the layout. He plays here every year. He's had a little bit of success here over time. So my first dark horse pick, Diane, is the one and only Mark Anderson. The numbers that let him down when you look at his current stats, putting, birdie average, but he's obviously been doing something right over the past couple of weeks to have an eighth place finish, a ninth place finish. So the rest of the stats are decent. They really are. And at 160 to one, I like Mark Anderson. Yeah, I like him too, which leads me to my second guy, which I was kind of scouring the dregs of the chart. I'm looking at all these names and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't have any vibe with any of these guys. And then when you don't have a feel for a guy, you go right to the hardcore numbers. And this is a guy who's coming in. uh, His form is in the 20s. um, So he's playing okay. He's actually okay off the tee and okay uh, with his proximity. So that's why I circled him and I kind of swam with the sharks and I looked around and there was nothing to really take a bite out of. So I ultimately came back to this guy. And he's been playing okay golf. I mean, no, he's not going to, he's not blowing anybody out of the water. In fact, when I say his name, you're going to be like, who the hell is that? Doesn't he handle my financial investments? Cause that's what he sounds like. So without further ado, let's introduce this week to the dark horse crowd, the one and only Roger Sloan. Okay. Dark horse at 140 to one. His odds are less than Mark Anderson's, which going mm-hmm. by current form kind of surprises me a little bit. So uh, I, I see where you're going with Roger Sloan. Birdie average is actually one of his best stats. And we know that it's going to be low scoring this week. So I, uh, I'm, I think Mark Anderson is a great pick. I am a little Thanks. bit mad at myself for not picking him. Well, I did it for the team. And Sloan's at 142 on the FedEx Cup yeah. ranking. So he's within shouting distance better than Mark Anderson. But I feel like Anderson's the type that could actually win an event where Sloan can just kind of build some points. I don't see him actually hoisting the trophy up, but you never know. Okay, then. So our three dark horse picks this week, Austin Cook, Mark Anderson and Roger Sloan. Great, Jay. Thank you very much. I know your mind is very much on baseball right now as you're coaching all these summer camps for kids. But thank you for turning the dial back to the PGA Tour and giving us your wisdom. Well, it's always fun to be with you, Diane, and I hope I can get back to the right side of my dark horse picks. And if not, I maybe should just stick with baseball because this golfing starts to become bewildering. Although I believe in the chart. 
Yeah, which is why I went with Austin Cook this week. Right, as we said earlier with Elk, we'll be back next week for the Open Championship. It's going to be a very different kettle of fish, so to speak, because the guys are playing real Lynx golf over in England. We have the weather, we have all these COVID protocols. It's uh, There's going to be a lot to dive into on our tour report next week where we make our picks for the fourth and final major of 2021. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.